right, guys, today we are going to talk about injuries and injury prevention a little bit. And we're also going to talk about active recovery and then what the proper, what the appropriate steps and what the proper steps are going to be for us to follow as we start to maybe get a little bit better at CrossFit or we start to experience some of our first couple overuse injuries. So why injuries and why are we talking about this? Okay, CrossFit has a weird reputation around uh, health and fitness circles or people generally. Uh, now, actually, a lot of that is starting to be found that the NSCA has actually kind of fabricated, paid, and started to intentionally create deceit and lies uh, around CrossFit having a high injury rate. And they obviously did a very good job of advertising that and creating a bunch of clickbait blog articles and stuff so that that word got out so that people avoided CrossFit. Um, but a lot of that's not actually real, okay? When you start to compare injury statistics for CrossFit comparatively to almost any other fitness regimen or sport, uh, the numbers and the percentages are actually significantly lower. And I think a big reason is going to be because of this type of podcast, right? The coaches and the doctors and the medical community that surrounds the CrossFit community are acutely aware of that if we use our body and we are using our bodies, right, for the way that they're supposed to be, okay, you are going to experience some issues, okay? Why are we going to experience issues? Because we we're trying to fix bigger problems, right? We sit all the time, so we don't have great hip mechanics. We don't have great core mechanics. We don't have great ankle movement. We don't have good feet and all these other human problems that we are actively in the CrossFit gym trying to fix, right? So the issues that arise, the injuries that arise, they're arising because of the years of bad things we did to our body, not the actual process of doing CrossFit, Okay, so we are trading the being sedentary and sitting on the couch and having diabetes and being obese and having thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in medical bills and struggling through kind of the, the bureaucracy of the healthcare industry. We're trading that lifestyle for the lifestyle of movement and trying to fix movement and health and wellness and fitness. But that does sometimes come at a cost of, you know, tendonitis or arthritis or some of these other acute injuries that might happen. Hopefully it never becomes something as serious as a torn muscle or a torn ligament. But obviously, as we start to get higher and higher in uh, the levels of sports that we play, a lot of that stuff is going to be determined by you, right? An NFL player understands now that CTE and traumatic head injuries are a part of the picture, right? A CrossFit Games athlete understands that snatching 300 pounds and doing 30 muscle-ups every single day, not every day, but all the time, right, with frequency, is going to put a hell of a lot of stress on your shoulder joint. And so you're probably going to end up having to have some sort of a shoulder surgery or some problem with your shoulders sometime in that career. Okay. They take that on understanding that they want to be at the highest level. Okay. As recreational CrossFitters, we can very easily tweak and change and bring the weights down, bring the reps down, scale accordingly when we start to have issues. And when we see that ahead of time and we're proactive with how we treat it, then we just never start to run into these serious issues, okay? And that's what this podcast is really going to get into. So the first thing that I want to discuss is, you know, what is an injury and what should our normal protocol for that be? 
So, you know, we're lucky enough to have, you know, Jenny and some experienced coaches inside of the facility who have been doing this for, you know, a decade or close to it. And, you know, once you've been in or around a gym for a while, you really you start to notice that for the most part, all injuries kind of break down into one or two things outside of our, you know, rare occurrence of an actual, you know, torn muscle or something along those lines. So if we think about that, we can really kind of, you know, put it into two boats, right? The first boat is going to be overuse injuries. An overuse injury happens when we either have a bad movement pattern or the uh, movements that we're doing are too repetitively stressful on one specific joint. It could be muscular, but typically it's joints. And that joint then starts to get a little pissed off at us. And really what's happening there typically is we're going to get some of these micro tears in and around the muscles and the ligaments are going to start to get inflamed. And that inflammation is a good thing, but it's going to give us a pain response in our brain. And when that happens, that's our body's natural reaction. That's something that's good, right? And people typically like freak out, but it's good that your body is doing that. If your body didn't do that, that would mean that your body's not working the way it's supposed to, okay? So when we start to piss off these joints and ligaments and muscles, you're gonna start to get these brain receptors of pain whenever you do the movement pattern that is causing you restriction or is causing you pain, okay? So what we need to do then is have some sort of a reaction to that, okay? Um, so we're gonna discuss good and bad reactions. So a bad reaction and unfortunately a typical reaction is to right away have a little bit of a freak out and maybe run to a general practice doctor, right? Uh, if, if you want to do that, that's your thing and you really trust your general practice doctor, you can, but I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you that uh, it's going to be a pretty much a complete waste of his time, your money, and you know, you're probably at best going to get some anti-inflammatories and be told to do nothing right? Which isn't a fix, right? But, you know, it will over the long haul be the slowest possible way for you to heal it and make it better. In general, if a general practice doctor tells you to do nothing, you should probably find a new general practice doctor. So a better protocol would be to rest for three to four days and see if it gets better, right? Focus on when we're resting. Here's what we need to be thinking about, okay? Some good common practices are gonna be to, number one, eat a very anti-inflammatory diet, right? So that means we're gonna up our fish and maybe our fish oil. We're gonna be eating plenty of omega-3 fatty acids, and we're gonna be thinking about getting almost all of our carbs from a variety of vegetables and some fruits, right? With some antioxidants and a lot of vitamins and minerals. We're also gonna try to sleep about maybe two hours more than normal per night, right? That increased sleep is drastically gonna help recovery. And then we really need to focus on hydration, right? I I would even maybe think about stopping drinking coffee or tea or anything outside of water while we're in that recovery mode. So you can kind of flush some of those things out and let your stress levels come back down, right? When we drink coffee, when we drink caffeine, that is going to naturally affect our stress levels, right? It brings us up higher and we need to keep our body maybe a little bit more calm. And so we want to kind of think about keeping ourselves into a recovery mode, not kind of a fight or flight mode. So once you have 
started to eat right, you've slept, you're drinking plenty of water. Our next thing is going to be thinking about blood flow and movement. Okay, the best way for us to start to remove inflammation naturally is not to take Advil or anti-inflammatories and mask the problem, right? Rather, we want to be acutely aware of the problem. So we want to stay as regular mind as possible and not take drugs. And so we want to be able to feel the improvement. And we also want to be able to feel the pain because the pain is a good receptor for us to understand you should not be doing that movement. Okay, but what we want to do is we want to slowly increase every single day uh, as we're going through this kind of three to four day process, how much we're moving. Okay, that might be walking. Today I went swimming and sat in the sauna and stretched for about 25 minutes. That's probably my favorite recovery protocol. It's very low impact. It helps all the joints in your body move. Um, the warmth really helps you kind of sweat out some of your toxins and helps you relax a little bit and puts you into a good state for recovery. Um, but we want to just gently start getting those joints active and that'll help activate our lymphatic system, which will help flush out some of those, some of that inflammation and some of that gunk that's causing the pain. After three to four days, if you are not noticing improvement, then I would think about maybe coming and talking to a coach or coming and talking to Jenny, right? Uh, she might run some strength tests and some stability tests and start to be able to tell you and give you a little better picture of, you know, if it's something serious that you do need to go and get checked out. But, um, you know, if it's not and it's something like tendonitis, um, maybe think about just getting with a coach to get some better warm up programs protocols, some better uh, cool down protocols. And then really one of the big things that uh, you're going to start to see, and some of you guys who have done the squat cycle have already seen what a good active recovery day looks like. So I want to talk about active recovery a little bit also. So active recovery, guys, is thinking about on our days where we're not exercising, what can we be doing to still move still elevate our heart rate a little bit and hopefully get a little bit of a sweat going and still get the benefits from exercise, but without increasing the stress on the joints that might be overworked or need recovery from the stress that we put on them throughout the week when we are exercising, okay? So a good example of that is walking, right? I like to walk with a little bit of resistance, but it really honestly can just be walking at a brisk pace for an extended period of time. Okay, so that's probably like the simplest one. Uh, but a good one also is going to be to think about playing sports like spike ball or sand volleyball, water basketball or swimming, um, doing something again, that's going to be thinking about maybe a little bit less impact. So we're not, we're not thinking about going and sprinting or playing a sprint sport or something where there's a lot of abrasion like basketball or football where there's a lot of jumping and landing and twisting and turning, which can also be stressful on the system. So if we're just kind of doing something recreationally for fun, that's a really good active rest day activity. For active rest days, our goal is going to be kind of twofold. One, we want to make sure that we get plenty of calories and that those calories are really high quality. Okay. Secondly, we want to think about generally moving more than we would on a workout day. Okay, which is kind of counterintuitive, but you have to think we're not actually going to be elevating our heart rate a lot. So where a lot of you guys come in and you get 45 minutes of really aggressive, super intense stress, 
you're not going to be getting that on rest or recovery days. And so instead, what we want to think about is how can we maybe move a little bit more throughout the day? So maybe I'm going to stand at my desk for, you know, two or three hours instead of 30 minutes, right? Uh, As I'm standing at my desk throughout the day, maybe I'll do a couple lunges or a couple squats. Uh, maybe at night, I like to do 45-minute Ramwads, the, the Warrior Series, or do a little bit of yoga. All those are awesome, awesome active recovery day opportunities for us. And really what you'll start to see is if you really put an extra focus on this, I think that this is one of those areas that can drastically improve your overall health and fitness. And really, honestly, it's going to help kind of fix your uh, your brain and your mindset on days when you're not actively really crushing yourself in the gym on what's really important with health and fitness, which is just moving more and being more aware of how to be active. So if we have good warm up and cool down recovery protocols, okay, and then we have really good recovery day protocols, and we understand the difference between a an acute injury, something that actually happens where it's sharp and you know we actually maybe fully tear a muscle, right? That's an injury. That's something where the only fix is going to be long-term rehab or surgery, okay? Everything else falls into that kind of tweak, nag, um, you know, tendonitis, tendinosis, uh, all these little kind of different terms for uh, overuse, really, honestly, is kind of what it all breaks down to. You're just either using the joint and the muscles incorrectly, and that's causing a problem, or you're using it too much with too much weight in a stressful position too often, and you need to just de-stress the joint. And that's all that it's going to be is everything that we're going to do, good cool downs, good warm ups, uh, you know, stretching and recovery in the evenings, stretching and recovery and good recovery day protocols, eating right. All those things are going to be built around de-stressing you and de-stressing the joint itself so that it can actually take the time that it needs to fully recover. Okay. Remember what exercise is is stressing your muscles and stressing your systems, right? So your energy systems, your metabolic systems, your central nervous system, putting stress onto those. That stress causes an adaptation response. So muscle growth, increased lung capacity, increased blood flow, all these different things. Those adaptation responses, though, only happen when you are resting, relaxing, and de-stressing. They do not actually occur when you are putting the stress on the system. So if you understand that, then you can start to understand what you and what your body and what your individual joints actually need. So a lot of times people can feel this coming on. It's maybe going to kind of peek its head in with a little bit of maybe overwhelming soreness that lingers and lasts and maybe you know your movement you'll get a little click or a pop in your shoulder and maybe your movement won't be quite as fluid those are kind of your first signs that's like hey let's maybe let's calm down let's maybe de-stress this joint a little bit let's maybe do a couple recovery days three or four in a row and get some extra sleep so we can not let this become a problem but the problem a lot of time is people come in they're like no i've got to do crossfit today i have to work out i have to do the class and they go on to an already stressed or overstressed joint and they stress it more, right? It's like you have a burn on your hand and you need it to heal and recover 
so that it can grow skin back, but you just burned it again, and now the burn is 10 times worse and it's gonna take twice as long to recover. So you need to just stop when that stuff starts coming in. You need to communicate with a coach about how you can maybe change from burpees because your shoulder's bugging you, and we switch it to airdyne calories or as concept two bike calories where there's just no stress on the shoulder at all. Now you're still gonna get your exercise, your heart rate's still gonna get elevated, but you're not gonna continue to stress your shoulder joint. And that's what we're here for as coaches. So you need to communicate that stuff when you're feeling it and try to communicate that before class starts so that we can get the full big picture about what's been happening and how we can maybe map out a plan for you to make it feel better and get back onto some well-rounded success. So here's what I tell people a lot of times with taking the proper and appropriate steps to recovery early and often. If you have an injury and you address it the right way, right away. So the first sign of a problem, you shut it down, you go right into recovery mode, and you do the right things. Typically, your recovery time for most joints and most problems is gonna be a week to 10 days. Okay, so seven to 10 days is all you're gonna need to start feeling back up to 100%. That's if you address the problem right away the right way. If we let things linger, for about a week or two weeks. Now our recovery time maybe pushes itself to two weeks to three weeks. What we see a lot of the times though is people will push those problems for a month or two months, right? And now our recovery time is gonna go to like four to six months, right? And that's when we start to have issues. Those overuse problems now turn into more long-term tendonitis. And now you're gonna to start to really have to pay attention to how you warm up, how you recover, what's your movement like. Any movement that's gonna put stress on a joint that has some tendonitis is going to bug you and is gonna be painful and might even continue to set you back. So we need to address the problems early and we need to address them the right way. And remember, the right way is movement, communication, diet, nutrition, sleep, water, the good things, okay? Communicate with Jenny if you think it's something more serious, but 99% of the time, it's not going to be, right? And unless you are an elite level competitive athlete who's seriously sling slinging some like crazy weights around, or, um, you know, you're up on the high rings and, you know, you miss a muscle up or something along those lines. Like those are the things where you can start to have a little bit more serious injury problems. Remember the NFL analogy, if we're newer to CrossFit and we're being smart with things, it's more than likely just a little bit of overuse and stress on the joint that we need to address. And then just understanding really guys that we spend a lot of time, we work with chiropractors, we work with Jenny, and we spend a lot of time as coaches and coaching staff to be able to know the best path for common injuries that we see. I would say all injuries in CrossFit can really be broken down into two or three buckets. And we've done our best to make sure that our coaches understand what the proper protocols for each of those buckets is. When does the doctor come in then, right? When should we go to the doctor? If there was something, an actual moment in time where I can point to it and say, I heard a pop, it was, you know, in the middle of a lift and, you know, my knee caved or whatever it is, and there was a pop and there was this moment in time that we can point to 
and I've rested it and I've eaten well and I've slept right and I've tried to move a little bit but it just stays it feels loose and it feels gappy and there's some you know some of these terms that we can start to hear and it's maybe okay that can be something where we definitely need to go and see Jenny and then Jenny will tell you I think you should go and get an MRI in which case then we would maybe go and talk to our GP to get a recommendation if that's the kind of healthcare you plan uh, healthcare plan you have or some of you guys can just go straight into talking to you know an orthopedic one or whoever uh, you feel like you want to go and get your MRI through. So it's important to know what those what those steps are in the in the case that we have one of those injuries, so that we don't feel like we're lost or we don't know the right answer, and you know we waste uh, some time and some money, and you know we a lot of times we as coaches see people who need to be moving. And they get a recommendation from a doctor who, you know, puts them on eight weeks of bed rest and anti-inflammatories. And, you know, it's really, it's just the wrong answer. It's a, it's a lazy way out. It's a, an overprotective sedentary, um, you know, non-movement oriented way to, you know, quote unquote, heal people. Uh, and unfortunately, it's a big part of the problem inside of our healthcare industry is recommending that people don't do anything. Uh, and that's just very, very rarely going to be the right answer. Even if you tear a joint um, or, you know, you tear ligaments in your shoulder or you tear a muscle, there's still going to be some value in physical therapy. And a lot of times when you go to get surgery, they're going to tell you you have to do physical therapy before you have surgery anyway. So we might as well start on making sure we're starting to get into some of those correct protocols, um, you know, as quickly as possible. And then a lot of times if you do that and you do it the right way, you can avoid surgery altogether. So let's take me as an example, right? Uh, I've hurt my back, you know, in varying degrees, I would say probably about eight or nine times so far, and it's been through different things, but uh, I have some bad movement patterns, some really bad bracing patterns, and when I got out of the military, I already had some disc issues by the time I was about 25 from a lot of the things that we did at the tomb, uh, which just really honestly put a lot of pressure and contraction into your spine for an extended period of time. And I probably developed a lot of really bad movement mechanics that still kind of haunt me. So I hurt my back this week uh, just doing a dumbbell thruster. It was, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, but I shut it down immediately. I went right into doing some breathing drills that I've learned from Dr. Almond, some press-ups. And then Jenny kind of looked at me afterwards, helped me do some press-ups with a little bit of pressure and uh, helped me kind of you know, pulled on my legs a little bit and helped me just kind of generally feel out the positions that were, you know, restricted. And that day I really focused on making sure that I continued to move. I would sit into a squat. I would make sure that when I was at my desk, I was standing and kind of bringing one foot up onto my stool so I could stretch out a little bit. And then today, well, last night I went to sleep early and tried to get about 10 hours of sleep. I woke up, ate a really high quality breakfast, made myself a green smoothie with a lot of antioxidants in it, and uh, tried to make sure that I started the day with getting plenty of vitamins and minerals. And then I went swimming and sat in the sauna for about 35 minutes and stretched while I was in the sauna lightly and felt out the positions, making sure that I felt a noticeable improvement before I left. Came back, ate a good lunch, and now I'm going to head in for the day, and I will try as best I can to make sure that I stay 
on my feet and moving, probably barefoot for most of the day, and sitting into a squat, and focusing on getting the joints and the muscles and everything in my lower back that are restricted and tight and bothersome, getting those moving and getting some blood flow in there so that it reduces that uh, restriction a little bit and it takes away some of that inflammation that's there and maybe starts to heal up and get some blood flow to that area so it can start to unlock and unrestrict itself and allow me to move more normally. So that was kind of my protocol. Uh, you know, I won't be able to really exercise with any intensity for probably about a week or so. And so I'll stay kind of in recovery mode over the next two or three days. And each day, I'll probably slowly start to increase the movements that I do. So while today was swimming in sauna, tomorrow might be biking, right? And the day after might be a little bit of rowing and biking and air squats. And then the next day might be a little bit of light jogging and maybe pulling a little bit of resistance. So some light kettlebell deadlifts or something along those lines, get those muscles active and working and feeling some resistance. And if in a couple days it comes out and I still am struggling to get out of bed and to put my socks on and I can't exercise and I can't move, then I will probably go and see Jenny again and see what she thinks about it and then probably schedule an appointment with Dr. Alm or Dr. Kraft, who are my chiropractors, and discuss with them what some uh, next steps should be for me. My assumption with this is because I caught it early, I didn't push it, and I won't push it for the next three or four days, that it's going to get drastically better very quickly, and then by early next week, I'll be back to full exercise with no issues. So hopefully that gives you guys a clear picture of you know, the issues that all of us kind of face. And, you know, my big issue is in how I move. I have bad movement patterns and I've had those bad movement patterns since I was in my 20s. And I've been working hard for over a decade to fix some of those. And I still have a lot of work to do, right? So my biggest thing that I'm going to do when I get back is get back in the habit of doing my breathing and embracing drills before I start my exercise and ensuring that I get a better warm up with my hips and ankles so that I don't have these back issues that continue to come up and continue to linger. So I'm going to address it at the issue, right? I'm never going to think about stopping moving or stopping exercising or lifting weights because there's massive value in that that drastically outweighs having to take three or four days to sleep and eat right and focus on recovery because my back's a little bit dinged up. So if you guys have any of this going on, please make sure that you reach out to a coach or you schedule an appointment with Jenny and we get kind of on the same page with what's been going on so that we can map out a plan for you and give you some, you know, real talk is usually what's needed. You know, 99% of the time it comes down to, hey, you know, how about we, you know, stop being a superhero. We take it a little bit easy on ourselves and maybe just focus on relaxing for a couple of days. You know, you don't have to come in and kill yourself inside of the gym every single day. You're not going to lose any strength or lose any gains uh, from taking a little bit of time off. And a lot of times, guys, that's what you need. That's what you need to get past your plateaus, to lift more weight, to feel better, to enjoy exercise more, and to really tangibly improve in all of the domains that you guys work so hard at. So hopefully this hits home for some of you guys, whether it be a past injury that you have, or maybe it's just something you keep in the back of your mind. And as things maybe come up in the future, you guys can utilize this, uh, listen back to it, or just keep it in the back of your mind for a good protocol as we move forward. Thanks guys. Oh, oh.